You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AreYouScreening.com podcast. I am your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, man, it's uh, kind of busy. I was actually yeah. going to kind of go through oh, you uh, got... Blu-rays that came out or DVDs oh, yeah. that are coming out. Yeah. Every, every once in a while, someone will ask questions about Blu-rays when they yep. come out. And uh, it's not like frequent or anything, but every once in a while, like the Blu-ray of something will come out that was the thing that we didn't do that week or right. something like that. Every, and so yeah. uh, they'll email us, and which is kind of funny because they could just look at the website right, and right. whatever. But they're like, so have you guys seen it now? And so now can yeah. you like right. review it or something? Because, yep. you know, it's been a while. Um and I was really going to actually start doing that and just like real quickly just go through, hey, look, here's what's coming out. Something and, we uh, missed or, yeah. And now, um, as much as there's not a lot of movie news, although there is a lot of movie news now, actually, but we're not really going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we say. TV is uh, kind of taking over DVDs even right. because all that's coming out is like every season of everything yep, on, ever. on DVD. Uh, because it's that time. It's yeah. so weird, like watching you know things happen, and obviously no one pays attention to it. <laughs> no one should, except that we get forced to. But right. um, it's like you have TV on the brain now because you're expecting the new season to come out. So now we'll put out all the DVDs of whatever, right. and you know anyway. Yeah. Um, but last season's basically everything is yeah, coming yeah. out, including like even the new shows, which. That's a little bit uh, different than usual because even the shows like Bull, you know, the that was just last season, that's still coming out. Mm -hmm. um, they often wait a little longer for uh, something like that to come out. Yeah. But I guess they want to, uh, the push now is make sure that you have the chance to catch up on everything before the next season. The next comes season out. hits. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out today. Uh, oh but, yeah, but that's really the only news. Um, yeah, that's the only like really big thing that's coming out. Uh, everything else is already out. And last week was like Alien Covenant. Um, but we don't even really have time to. I was going to go through, you know, the whole thing. But we got two movies to do right, now. Right. Um, Jerry Lewis died. So yeah, we should right. you know, acknowledge that. We should acknowledge that. Yep. And uh, it's kind of a bummer. Jerry Lewis in general is kind of a bummer um, because. When you know when I was little, everyone still liked him. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, he, and his films and his stuff and, were still uh, played on TV. Yeah, and, fairly routinely. And then uh, I don't know. All of a sudden, he fell France out. France bought him or something. Yeah, right. And uh, right. And then I don't know. He made really, really weird stuff yeah. or whatever. He he makes me think of. I was going to say he reminds me, but he can't because he's older. But he makes me think of like Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. If Jim Carrey suddenly started making a lot of movies that everyone went, what the hell are you doing? Right. Like right like now. Avant-garde. Right. Yeah. Right now, if Jim Carrey starts doing it right, right. now. Right. Um, <laughs> but he's kind of the same. He's kind of the same in the career he's had so far. He's done like stuff that you're like, what the hell already? Mm -hmm. um, which Jerry Lewis made totally screwball, yeah. you know, things, whatever. But he's also 
you know, been in some really good stuff. What's <laughs> your, is, is the nutty, stuff. nutty professor your, when somebody says Jerry Lewis, is that what you think of? Or is it, because mine's the it, king of comedy. You know. It's weird that that's the one well, that yeah. I go to first. <laughs> that's like. But not a lot of people have seen the right, king of comedy. Right. They all know him from the wacky Dean and Martin, right, right. Uh, Dean Martin stuff. Yeah, I I watched, uh, because my dad was like sort of a fan, so I watched a lot of like the Martin of his Lewis stuff, movies yeah. all the time. So yeah. anyway, but yeah. Um, it's a it's not only a bummer that he died, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a bummer that like the last 10 or 15 years were not filled with him doing interesting right. things. Because, I mean, he, for as much as he's like, goofy and he'll be in yeah you know nobody wants to see like 20 years from now uh ace ventura five six seven uh, <laughs> right all right. suddenly come out with <laughs> old jim yeah. carrey doing it but he was really hilarious when he, he was, was pretty funny in the right yeah place sometimes he was at a place where he went what the hell the last to be the last few back. years i don't know if it was just bad timing or not he seemed quite curmudgeonly yeah yeah and i think if you know, I think if every day you're talking to someone and they're like, hey, do that face or that voice. So th- I think that probably wears on you. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I mean, I don't know if he was angry or miserable or, I mean, he's a person, so he's entitled to every spectrum of feeling. But just all these interviews, like the last interview he did where he was given all the one word answers, right, right. basically it was just like, you can leave. Right, right. You know, I was just like, man, they, they, pissed him off yeah. before they started rolling somehow so yeah they <laughs> but i mean if you're a legend and you've been in around for seven eight nine decades and somebody doesn't even read your wikipedia page I, you know you haven't got time for that right maybe maybe that's not fair to say he was curmudgeonly but he was not yeah, happy he was not the friendly but, happy guy but anyway um it is you know, it is kind of, but he at yeah. least apparently is not doing the whole shotgun, a bunch of other people have to die real fast thing right. that we've been seeing right, throughout that we had the seen, year, right? Right. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, actually very sad. Yep. Respect uh, to. He, he was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, when he was really on. Yeah. Kind of, you know, for me, like Jim Carrey. When Jim Carrey's in something that's awesome, I think he's, he's really great. Yeah, true. It's just that for a while there, he would make anything. And yeah. It seemed like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. We got two movies. Uh, we got to get to The Glass Castle and Logan Lucky, uh, both of which kind of disappointing, really, uh, for me anyway. I was, expect- spoiler I was alert. expecting more. Look at yeah, this. spoiler on my rating. I was expecting more from both of them. Yeah. Um, the Glass Castle's obviously very different movie but right. uh but still i kind of thought i was gonna uh like both of them more than i did logan lucky was way more disappointing because i actually thought that was gonna I, be I, amazing yeah we went into uh that one i was like all right let's go right <laughs> like yeah, I thought yeah it was i thought it was gonna be really fun anyway uh we'll do the glass castle first and uh i right, i've locked you in yeah, you've locked me. In. I got you. Uh, I got that's you good down. because I haven't locked myself in. So somebody I don't should. Know. I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. The then. Glass Castle is a really weird movie for me too. And uh, even though I seem like I say that all the time, the rating for that movie kind of bounced around a lot. Yeah. And uh, e- usually, 
if I can't figure out my rating, it's because I'm like, is this six or is this eight? Right. I mean, I've got like, <laughs> right. it's not like, is this one or is it 10 or whatever? Right. You know, but it's, I've got a couple of numbers. And this one, I was like, is this five? Is it eight? Is it six and a half? Yeah. Is it, <laughs> like, so you're at two. I, I was kind of all over this one. No, uh, I gave this one a seven. Uh, I think I, I, I thought. Off. Uh, at the off. end of the day, it's, uh, you know, we've said before, and people have even uh, written in and commented on on the Perfect 7. Uh, yeah. Because we have mentioned that right. uh, several times where we get out of a movie and, <laughs> and just go, that is so 7. <laughs> yeah. That it's, it, you know, yeah, there's, no, it's like a, it's like there's a no room to it's move like, at all. That's yeah. an easy one. I know what that's at. Uh, this one was a really troubling seven for me there were parts of the movie that i really didn't like there were parts mm-hmm. of the movie that i well not mm-hmm. even that there were parts of the movie that i loved but there were things in the movie that i really loved yeah i liked a lot of the actors in it i liked a lot yeah. i liked a lot of the conversations in it and in a movie like this that's usually a problem area because right. you're talking about weird relationships between people and you're talking about relationships between people who are weird. Mm-hmm. So both of those things. Yeah. And those are usually uh, movies go kind of sideways on having them talk to each other, you know, because, yeah. and they make you think about them talking to each other too much. And usually what will happen is at some point during the movie, you're just like, no one talks like that. Right. No one right. would ever say that. Or, right. You know, whatever. And I like the conversations anyway. Um, but it, it just had, uh, I just felt like this movie left a lot just kind of laying there and could have done a lot more with it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, you know, I liked it though. Um, and I thought for the most part, it made me, you know, really interested in the story. And yeah. for a movie like this, that's kind of all. You hadn't read the book either, right? No. That's no, the no. other thing. We both. I hadn't read I, I the read book. I read about the book right, a I, lot I, I, before yeah. we went to see it, but I didn't read right. the book. No. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't read it either, but I was familiar with it. Um, you liked it a little better than I did. I gave it a five and a half. I thought in the end how I felt, especially with this type of film, it was a little better than average. And the reason it was a little better than average is because it found a way to mine certain situations, the performances of everyone in it perfectly. But those performances weren't perfect throughout, partially because I didn't like the story. Right. You know, there's there's something that happens with a story like this, and and to preface it by saying I haven't read the book is mostly, I think, the most important part of this because maybe this is like it in the book. You, we kept breaking the narrative to go forward to see her with her, um, you know, New York husband. Right. And that kept snapping the narrative in a way that wasn't, you know, you're not doing Pulp Fiction. You're not actually making this more engaging. You're actually breaking what was working. Because there are times, excuse me, when we see um, Naomi Watts, who's the mother, and Woody Harrelson, who's the dad, and they've got the kids, they've got the four young kids. And when they're kids, there's a great, strange familiar chemistry between the kids and dysfunctional parents. And I love what's happening because it's actually, it feels like three or four times, like it's building to something and then they break the narrative to show her reflecting on this. Right. And that really did not work 
for me, it snaps me yeah. out of the film. And and they, and they don't really it's, they it's don't unnecessary. Really go back and it, it's kind of it does do that a lot, and it kind of bothered me a little. And what happened for me when I was watching, I you know I was more forgiving of it and kind yeah. of got, got over it more than you did. But for me, when I was watching it, it was like they started a conversation, yeah, and then they jump to something else, and then when they go back. They don't finish, they don't the finish conversation. that conversation, right? They're in the same room, maybe, <laughs> they just, but it's all they done. They just move right. to something else. And <clears throat> yeah, they, that's a good. They did a lot of things like when they would, uh, when they actually started digging around their house. Um, so yeah, right. anyway, the uh, the movie we should jump just a little, slightly, yeah. right? Yeah, the movie is uh, Woody Harrelson's the dad, like you said. Naomi Watts is the mom. And uh, Brie Larson is the focal point, and she's not the middle child, but there are four. Yeah. So she's, she's the, the next second to the oldest. oldest. Yeah. Um, and it is all about it goes back when she's really little. Uh, and, you know, what she's like 10, I 12, guess. Yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. She's somewhere around there. And it's actually more than one age, too. It's not yeah, like right. one they, exact yeah. time. It's uh, she's like five or six at one right, point. Right, at one point. And, you know, whatever. Anyway, <coughs> and uh, so the story, though, is that Woody Harrelson and Naomi Watts are are basically just like the poster parents for, you know, bad parenting without going just too far. Right, there's no, <laughs> like, there's no like, beating the they're, kids because there's They're like the porridge, worst but... parents you can be without getting your kids taken away from right, you. Like, they're right. just... And it's, you know, he drinks, right? He's he's clearly an alcoholic, but they really downplay that in the movie, I thought. And, you know, I don't know, for good or bad or why yeah. or, or she does in the book or whatever right. it is. But it's not like, he, you know, he doesn't come home and beat the crap out of everyone right. every day. Right. He's just drunk, and it means that it he loses his ability to be responsible. Yeah, he's, he's unreliable all the time anyway. Changing, yeah, but. he's changing jobs all the time. Yeah, even mm-hmm. and he doesn't he doesn't look like a drunk right for a lot of it. Right. He's not just drunk all the time. Like yeah. he's not drunk 24/7 like that and yeah. so it's, you know he can't get out of the off the couch and that's why he's irresponsible. Right, right. But it's like, you know, they have very little money. He spends a lot of it on alcohol because right. it's expensive. Right. And, you know, he's lo- constantly losing jobs. They're constantly moving. Earlier in her life, they're constantly moving because as soon as they owe enough money, they just oh, yeah. move they somewhere just else. Yeah. And he tries to get some other job. Uh, Mom is an artist and she's, you know, really spacey, flighty artists paintings everywhere but uh you know the movie kicks off a little heavy-handed in the scene of i'm too artistic to make you something to eat for my little kid or whatever right uh you know do you want to do you want me to fix you food that'll be gone in an hour or do you want me to finish this painting that will be beautiful forever or whatever that was a weird beginning it's a little overshot yeah i think even if that happened exactly yeah yeah even if we had the real thing that happened on videotape and that was it right you have to change it you gotta do that (laughs) yeah that's the way that is but anyway um and so now when we fast forward uh to the present of when they're telling the story she's about to get married max greenfield uh plays her uh, fiance fiance yeah 
and he's very much the opposite of you know dad's being against the man right <laughs> right theory of life or whatever um, I don't even remember what he is. He's some sort of investment banker. Or I think so. Yeah, he's, he's or, some you know, Wall whatever. Street guy. He's uh, some sort of suit. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so the whole thing will, they eventually go back to where he grew up. They move back there and get a house. And uh, <laughs> the part where I started talking about this was uh, – they have this thing that covers a lot of ground in the movie about building this glass house. Right. It's going to be all solar, everything, and it's, you know, whatever. And the kids have always loved the idea because they were the right, right. age to believe that dad could build a glass castle for yeah, them. And they'll all have their own room. He, he's and, got you know. the full-on sure. blueprints and the, you know, he... Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. And he about, strangely actually. does. Like, we actually <laughs> right, see the weird. blueprint of the house they keep carrying around with him. And and he, and he talks about it in a way that you know that he actually kind of knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And knows something about the engineering behind yeah. building a house and all this stuff. Right. Anyway, uh, they finally move there, and they actually start digging. Right. Like, they're going to dig the foundation or whatever. So right. the kids are all digging. He's all digging. And it's, uh, it's so bizarrely metaphoric when right. you're watching it happen you know right. but they go through this whole thing and that's just one of the examples like they go through this whole thing and then they leave and don't talk about it for a while yeah and then they come back and all you see is that it's turned into like the trash pile right it's like but a, they don't really go back to that conversation yeah you know they do that a lot in the movie where we're talking about something and then the movie just kind of goes and then you know what happened because <laughs> I, I feel I'm like, like well i do yeah but. right and i can put it together i feel like in some ways this is absolutely a film and i don't know if it's a successful film but for the people who read the book i yeah. really do think because some of those because that image that we see when we flash forward to her being a bit older and she's like you take out the garbage all right she goes out and it's in the hole that they were building scenes before and it's full of garbage so you get and, and then it's been going on i think that's probably a jarring thing in the book that's like it's a thing when but you it felt like fan book. service yeah. i looked at that and i it, went that should have been shot different it, it that just did. didn't look like it should have been it did and i think you're exactly right when you're watching it if you can if you watch the movie and you're really really into it right, right. then that's probably a fairly good scene and especially yeah. if you've read the book you go oh yeah this is the part where blah 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 because obviously that right. happens in the book and it's right. a big deal right and i can see that working in a book me too. Way but better. movies are very different, yeah. right? In a movie, she walks out, and so what happens is she walks out, she throws the trash into this big pile, and she just kind of sits there and stares L at it looks, for a while. Yeah. And then, obviously, we're making everyone go, remember when that was the blah, blah, right. blah? And it was years ago, because she's clearly much older than yeah. when they started digging, right? Right. And she's just... You know, she's just sitting there stewing in her thoughts for a few seconds, staring yeah. at the hole, clearly thinking about, you know, look what happened to our life and remember right. when this was going to be the foundations and everything. Yeah. And you're sitting, you're just watching her. Yeah. But in a movie, when you watch that happen, especially the way this is telling the story and the back and forth and the not really, you know, completing a lot of stuff. In the movie, when you're watching it, you're just kind of thinking, you know, she does that every day. 
Right. I mean, does she just sit there and stare at it every day? <laughs> right. right. Or did it affect her this time? It's, well, it's not like, even, it's not even like it would be different if it wasn't the hole right outside their door. Right. If she had to go but in the it was woods like, and if she had to walk yeah, 50 yards right. into the woods and or she they drove do by every day. They drove by yeah, another house right, that they left right. and it was like landfill. Yeah. But I mean, the, even later, there's a scene, there's a scene not very far after that because they're in the same house. She's about the same age when her older sister leaves. And I thought, man, in the book, I bet that was tense. Oh, yeah. And it's basically like, just, okay, wait, okay, run. And in the movie, you yeah, know, in the movie, it is, it just doesn't it is play definitely thematically. very strange. <laughs> yeah. Because when they're, uh, this is all, it just feels like we've, taken scenes and turn them into weird versions of having a conversation uh, yeah, in, right. in a lot yeah. of different ways. Because in that scene, we just kind of jump in and it's like, okay, it's time to go. Right. Like we knew we were, <laughs> we had this plan, yeah. right? But now we shift back in time to when they're younger and we know the plan exists. And now we just kind of walk in the door mm-hmm. and they're sitting there going, okay, I'm going, she's got the thing. And this is kind of like the end of the conversation or whatever, yeah. but there is no beginning. Right. Like not only do they not show you the beginning, mm-hmm. but there really is no beginning. There, right. There's no previous thing that happened there. Yeah. That put everything in motion be where they are now. Right. right. Like, there's, right. there's no setup to that. That actually makes sense. The reason that yeah. you don't see five minutes before that scene, like it's not five minutes longer before that happened is because there's nothing for them to film. Yeah. There's nothing you could right. put there right. <laughs> that makes it make sense. It's it's so awkward the way that they do that. And if this is what you were doing, that's not how you would do it anyway. Right. Unless you're in like some weird 80s movie. Right. Like, right. Like an after school special or something. Right. I mean, this is a person who has been not only planning, but co-conspiring with her siblings to escape from her own family for years. Right. And the culmination of that plan is, did dad go outside? Okay, I'll run now. They're about to be here. (laughs) Right. Like, not um, come pick me up at like two in the morning. Right. Or... Right. When dad might be passed out (laughs) because he's been drinking all night. Yeah. Or whatever it is. It's like, um, I don't know where dad is, but he went out the back door a second ago, so I guess he's out of the house. Right. So this is a good time or whatever. I don't... It's just... It's like awkward and stagey. It's just weird fan service. And it only exists because whatever really happened... Right. was probably a lot cooler than that. Right. And right. maybe it looks somewhat similar to that. Yeah. But you got to think it makes a lot more sense yeah. in what happened. Right. And the only reason it happens like that in the movie is so that dad can come running after the car. I mean, if she actually right. has a good plan right. and escapes, just, yeah. then we don't get to see dad come running after he the car. He comes in the house and says, and, where is she? And like, being really yeah, mad. Right? right. Whatever. Anyway. Um, but overall, the story is still really cool. Even um, yeah. y- what I kind of liked in a weird way, and then it kind of didn't play out the way I wish it did, but I guess it's real story, so mm-hmm. it doesn't. But she sees them. She lives in New York now. Right. And she sees them like picking through the garbage in New York, yeah. and they're... They're living, they're like squatting in an abandoned building now, but she's in a cab. Right. And somebody is yelling in the street. And then, right. oh, look, it turns out that it's her dad who's homeless, yeah. living in a shelter. And she has to drive by and he sees her and everything. And I thought, um, that's such a goofy scene. 
And for some reason, I kind of like the way that it happened. Yeah. And I'm like, okay with it. But then it didn't really do anything. Yeah, it <laughs> was it was so weird. It was so well done. I actually, I didn't know that was Woody Harrelson. Until like the last second. Well, or I, did you I didn't know at all? I didn't know at all. Only when she goes immediately home, gets on the phone, calls her sister right. and says, I saw mom and dad tonight. Right. They were in the dumpster. And, and then, then I went, go, oh, because what? what I thought was, and, and I thought it was they like. Don't show him to you the way that you might expect. Well, it's like this, it's like this dark rainy night. And I expect what it what she will see is an avatar that reminds her of her father, almost like a flashback. Right, right. And she sees someone who kind of looks like it might be her mom. And she's like, God, there's a million people in the city. What are the odds that those are my parents? Turns right. out, you know, they are. But I just thought it was her dealing with like these repercussive events. Just I, I genuinely it, thought right, she right. was just like, and I thought it was purposely done to make him look opaque. I didn't realize that was really her dad, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of funny, right? You know, but I didn't get it. But I didn't mind that I didn't get it. I didn't think that was a problem with the story at that moment. I just thought, huh? Right. We'll look at that. There's there's a lot of the movie too, and we will uh, move on to Logan Lucky pretty quick here, but. There's a lot of the movie, too, that it's a very strange thing because the way that they put the story together in the movie started making me, you know, like critical of the story itself. Right. When it's a real story. When it's a I'm real like, thing. Oh, yeah, right. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm yeah, not. <laughs> right. So, like, yeah. uh, we even talked about I this a way. little bit after the movie um, because what happens is you've got the four kids, they're spaced out a little bit, yep. and they come up with this plan that they're all going to save money and then one by one escape. <laughs> right. When they get old enough, they're going to go to New York or go somewhere. Uh, they're going to save up money in this little fund, like the escape fund. Right. And then one by one, as <laughs> the, the oldest person fund. is old enough, they take off. Like, yeah. we, like we see her sister do it. And we, you know, talked about that whole thing. And then it's like, she's next or yep. whatever. Right. And after the movie progressed a little bit and they talk about her younger, youngest sister. Right. She has another brother girl. and then the youngest girl. Yeah. So the next one is a brother and then the next one's a sister. And they talk about in the present right. about the youngest daughter. And she even says at one point, like, we shouldn't have left her or something. Yeah. Kind of ominously. And it's this weird acknowledgement that hopefully there's something far more interesting in the book. <laughs> right. Because it's it's weird that you're going to say it like that because she just kind of, you know, uh, the youngest sister has issues. Sure. She, she's not right. all put together. Like most of the other ones, the oldest three, yeah. they seem all right. Right. Uh, they, they had some socialization they, amongst got, themselves. They've got yeah. serious jobs. They're right. real people now, whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, they've managed um, to kind of live. She, but she's kind of got problems, and she says something like, you know, we shouldn't have left her alone. Right. And then it makes you think, you know, I need more than that. Yeah, I need, I need, a lot more I need than you that. to be really upset right. at some point. It right. doesn't even have to be right now, but. Maybe we see how earlier she was like really broken up about this, or they yeah. really tried to get her sooner. Dude. And it and it just all, it just made me think, oh my god, what bastards you are! Yeah, because that's such a disposable <laughs> line. She says it like she's walking around. She's like, I should have bought those shoes yesterday. Right. You know, there's no if you're supposed to be emotionally like devoid and hollow thinking about this you got to sell it better or you have right. to explain it more but or, it just seems or like just, a, or just never say just it never say at it. all if, if right. she if she the, if the movie was exactly the same and she just didn't say that line right it would kind of be better 
(laughs) because it wouldn't make me focus on it. And so then I start thinking, then I start thinking about the whole play of their life. And oh my God, she left and left her brother and sister. And oh my God, her brother actually left when it was just the sister and he left her there and and didn't just take her. I don't know that. Or when the, when the bro- when it's the brother's time to go or whatever, right. he's got two older sisters who've been out there for a while right. who could come get both of them right. or something. And then right. I start thinking, and then I, and then I go, oh, but wait, it's a true story, and it's right. what really happened. Well, I even and I think I even really told you this too. I was like, or he doesn't leave, like right. he uh, like a brother would wait, I think, and be protective of the sister for three or four more years. Well, you hope, you know, you know, maybe I guess, but it just. There are those weird flashes that the story I'm assuming tells in the same way the book did, even for me later. And it made me think like I need more on that is when she finally confronts her mom when she's like 16 or 15. It's before she leaves and she's like, you have to leave him. Right. right. And they have this conversation and her mom is like, oh, dippity do butterfly to you. You know, this weird like hippie trance thing that she's in. She's not really in a trance. She just seems really flighty. And she says it to her again, and then she explains something about her character for the love of her husband, their father, that I need an hour before I get it. Because yeah. I'm constantly like, he's not an abusive guy. He's actually, as a stereotypical story dad who drinks, he's not the one that wakes you up and beats you or abuses you. He's not the one that beats his wife. He actually is the dad that wakes you up and just talks to you all night about his drunken sorrow or his right. fanciful dreams. Like he's a he's a good dad who just can't get past this thing in his life. But I still need Naomi Watts to tell me what she tells me an hour and 50 minutes in, 50 minutes in. Because well, it makes except, me I'll tell you, I was kind of okay with that because she's who she is. I guess, she but need, those she, kids need to push for harder. Me, she needs a little bit less explanation than you might think. Because she is so far out there sure. herself. She's very she's trippy. She's just out there in a slightly different way. But those kids way. would have pushed her sooner so than that. They would have said. Almost, it's, but it's like, who do you push? Because right. at some point, it's right. like, maybe you should be pushing dad. Because right. she's she's the she same it. amount of right. irresponsible. Right. She's just, just a, different. She's just right. different about yeah. it. And so, I, you know, I mm. was kind of okay with that. I still think yeah. she had... You know, like these moments of clarity. Yeah, like the pool where, and where she would like <laughs> right. complain about their lives. Right. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like he would be not drunk once in a while too. And then <laughs> right. he'd get a job. And then it seemed like it seems like things had are picking some up. Clarity too. Right. And yeah. they both just back and forth, like they both have this personality where the drinking is actually you know, not the problem. Yeah. It's just kind of a result of the problem or, well, or something and because he's, he's got the same problem. Drunk oh yeah. Or sober. All, I mean, he's, <laughs> right. He's carrying the same bags. Yeah. We, I know we're jumping off this, but I also felt like there was a big divide. Maybe, I mean, maybe the book is as paced the same as the film, but the end of the movie, I felt like we needed like, you need to cut 15 minutes of something else and build the end up better. And do a little bit to more. To make with me that. believe yeah. they would act the way they did at the end instead of just a, well, well dad. So, you so know, one of like, the, one I of the didn't, reasons I didn't I, get that sold to me the way I needed. One of the reasons that I actually gave the movie maybe a little bit more yeah. uh, was because the ending could have been better and they could have 
showed it to you in a better way, yeah. that delivered it better. But one of the reasons I liked it was because they gave you a person that you could actually believe even after what just happened and she got like really right. We see him we see her finally get super <laughs> pissed at him. Yeah. But they gave you a guy that you could believe you know she was happy about in some sense too because there was you know I still need more than that. There was a lot of he was he was just the right kind of horrible dad. Right. That you still have a lot of good memories of him and he yeah. still did a lot of things that you know that there were good times sure. or whatever where usually what happens in any story that's anything like this is that the dad is so horrific right and traumatic that you're like i don't care if you took me for ice cream right that it's that's completely lost yeah. and irrelevant and i i have no happy memory of you right. at all because you right. were so bad when you were bad that it just doesn't matter right. and whatever and so he was like this really interesting anyway like mix of something so that at the end you know i i could believe what happened maybe just not the way that we saw it or we could have yeah said it me, better. me too i feel like but they i needed, could believe i needed that more of that guy i don't have a problem with them we doing could, we could get to the point but right i don't have the, a problem with they that showed at all. it a little weird and they showed it maybe a little bit too close Right. To her really getting pissed. Right. And it, right. it is one of the more interesting reasons to get really pissed. And then you start thinking it's a true story and you're like, holy crap. That right. Really that's because that, I, yeah, we won't spoil Jesus. that because that's an interesting reveal. Yeah, about, it is. You know, and for me, and it's crazy. For me, I thought it was a very average movie handled a bit clumsily at times and it's too long. You know, it's two yeah. hours. I mean, that's. Not because a memoir can't be like that, but they just spend so much weird time in things that were unnecessary. But the performances were all strong. Yeah. So strong, in fact, that it supersedes the boredom I had. Yeah. Like, I was bored, but there, man, there I couldn't were, take my eyes times, off Woody Harrelson. There were times when He you're, was great. There were times when you're bored in this movie, and it's kind of a bummer. Um, because as much as I did like the conversations yeah. and they you know, felt realistic. There was a lot of the movie where you're just kind of plodding along. Yeah. And even though the conversation like kind of works, we don't know how to make things a little bit more interesting so that you're really engaged like, and invested into it. Into it right? right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was kind of a, bummer. it was and a bit of a bummer. The one, uh, final thing that I wanted, wanted to mention was that, uh, Max Greenfield's in the movie who I, I really like. Yeah. Uh, he's in the, in the show, um, the new girl. Yeah. The new girl. Yeah. I'm like girl something. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and he's really good and I really like him. And, Oddly, he's strangely perfect in this role. Oddly, I've I've liked him in just about everything yeah. he's branched out to do. To, yeah, and, uh, he's really good, and he's uh, he's a very you know specific guy. He is like he's he's like exactly this. You need that guy. Go get him. Yeah. But here's the weird thing about the movie for me was I did not love his character. No, I liked his, him. Yeah, he's doing he's doing that character I guess really well or whatever. Yeah. But it felt so strange to me trying to think of this is a woman writing about her own life. And she's actually really selling the fact that she's married to someone who's really boring this and weird. This guy, right. Like, this, like, you talk about your own 
husband, right? <laughs> whatever at this point, right? And this is the guy that you well, and I get be, and it's so you're odd, either gonna right? maybe go for someone kind of like your dad because that's familiar and you get to fix your issues, or you go for someone totally antiseptic to your father, right? And strangely, like the I was never I was never anxious for anything that they did. Even in the moments where it was supposed to be very frightening, like her learning to swim, you know, the sister running away, like all of that stuff didn't affect me. The stuff that that got me a little tense was when he and Woody Harrelson got around each other. Right, right. And that worked great because they just like they were great in it. Yeah. But they also had like... They were great. And and you don't know what he's going to do. And you have no idea. Right. He might not do anything, but when they just like they're arguing or they're fighting. I'm like, every single time they get around each other, I'm like, I think that guy's in trouble. Right. And I actually like him, so right. I'm worried about it. Yeah. Right. He was good. It was, uh, it just still was strange because her dad, uh, <laughs> you know, keeps saying stuff like, you don't want a guy like right. that. Right. And she seems to be going, I don't really want a guy like this. But you don't want me but to this, have him. But this is who I have. Yeah, this is who and I'm going so with. So whatever. Right. I, don't, I don't know. It was very, it was very odd. Right. Um, anyway, okay. So uh, moving on to Logan Lucky, uh, it's Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig. Um, it's it's had a strange amount of press actually, uh, because it's it got pretty hyped there, right? It, it had, did because it's Steven Soderbergh's return because, after yeah, he said he was retiring from films. Year, was that five years, four years, four years ago? And now he's back, and he's right. doing a heist film, right. which is what we love him most for. Most people know him most for the Oceans films, right? But yeah, this is this is big, and and plus uh, tons of big names, and it got a lot of press and hype anyway because Daniel Craig is playing such a weird character, right? right. So all of the clips and trailers and everything that you see are something. Oh yeah, they really where we're push just him. looking at Daniel yeah, Craig. Yeah, he's going, wild in the backseat. Yeah, look at how look at how unbond he is. Look, yeah, he, he looks yeah. so weird, and he's got like tattoos all over, and he right he looks like some yeah. wacky redneck sitting in prison or whatever. And right. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's gonna suck people in. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and so it's uh, the brothers and Channing Tatum and Adam Driver are brothers, and the plot is to uh, rip off a NASCAR race, basically, to yeah. uh, rip off the event right. it, itself right. of, its, of its money while it's going on, even. Uh, and, and they're kind of dippy rednecks, especially yeah. if you watch the trailer. The trailer right. is... It is like they're supposed to somehow be the idiot savants of robbing things right, or something. Right. Like they're complete clueless goofballs, but their plan is to pull off a heist that no one could pull off. Right. Um, and, you know, hilarity ensues. That's that's your movie. Yeah. Um, all right. I gave this one uh, two and a half. Yeah, I think that was around what I thought you were. So I was, I was a, I was I a half where, star off. I don't know where you were locked in there, but. Uh, at at certain points, I was toying with being as high as three and a half, but yeah, I was I was a little off on you. I gave it a three, and I and I it was don't lucky know, to get I it. I don't know why. Like you don't, you don't know why you <coughs> gave it that yeah, high rating. I mean, because it should have been zero. I felt or? like I felt like when we watched it, I felt like it had promise. I felt like it was in the right hands. I just felt like 
it didn't feel like Soderbergh was rusty. You know, it just felt like the idea was better on the napkin in right. the bar that well, sometimes you talk about. And, and I just don't is, feel like the story is as engaging because I feel like it uses the tropes of the genre, several of which he's responsible for. Like, I felt like he was self-troping himself. Right. And it just, in the end, I'm willing to suspend, when it comes to heist films or like these you're in danger, you got to escape all these bad situation films, like you're constantly having to figure out how to get out of a tunnel or all these right. weird things. I'm willing to suspend a great amount of disbelief if what you're doing makes just enough sense. Right. I'll carry you the rest of the way because I'm here just to eat popcorn and have fun. But in this one, I just thought, you're showing me all the right things, all the right Easter eggs, and then in the end, what you're going to do is you're going to stop the film and show me from a third person's perspective how I missed all the tricks. Right. Because that's what these films do. And then then there's going to be like a happy ending or maybe a screw job. Right. And then it kind of does that, but then just, it does it two like, more times. Just like Ocean's like, Eleven. Right. So like at, at the end of Ocean's Eleven, it's like, oh, you thought we were doing this. Right. We and, were really... But we'll show you how we right. really pulled it off. Whatever. And that has and a lot of charm like and thing. skill. Yeah. And it was... It was dexterous enough to do what it did, in part because the story's facilitated that way. Where Logan Lucky fails is, man, you've got an A-list set of people in your film, sprinkled with all these other people like Katie Holmes, who's not in it much, but she, you know, she's fine in the things that she does. Sure. But it just doesn't work. Right. You know, instead of instead of an Ocean's Eleven film, you have like a rat race. Or a bank heist. One of these films that have all these comedians and all these actors in it, and they're playing wacky guys because they finally don't and, have to play and, the and guy they're, they're for. And they're playing really, and it really work. weird people. Right. So that is... Uh, well, before we go any farther, we should say uh, the movie's written written by Rebecca Blunt gets the credit for writing it. And, and the blame. In the last three weeks, there's been all over the internet about... She may or may not actually exist. We don't right. actually. It's have, weird. No one. We can don't fight, actually right. have this person. It's understood. This is her and, first and, screenplay. If she's existing, right? But, and and so right. the theory at this point is that really Steven Soderbergh wrote it. I find that so hard and to believe. And but it's maybe a completely fake person. Right. And especially since it's been weeks that people have been talking about this, and no one has stood up and ever appeared <laughs> said, in front I'm of Rebecca. anyone and said, um, <laughs> I'm Rebecca Blunt. Yeah, right. Uh, it's going to be, it, it would be interesting if this were a good movie. If, if this were right. really, really good. Right. And, uh, you know, Rebecca Blunt got nominated for an award, and there's no such person or whatever. Yeah. But apparently, uh, the theory at this point is that there's no such person. Right. And whoever it is that really wrote it, it's just somebody else wrote it, and yeah, it's like a pen name. Uh, I have to imagine that it was Steven Soderbergh. It's so weird because that's—I mean—that's the famous Alan Smithy. You know, when right. a director does it, that's the name. But maybe Rebecca Blunt is the new, uh, the new thing. But I, it, there was one thing I don't like reading other people's reviews unless we're doing a critic takedown. But I thought this was actually really—it it perfectly kind of encapsulated how I felt. It said there's no villain in the movie, no specific enemy that they're stealing from, like the Oceans films had um, Andy Garcia. Right. The motive is just a general desire for money as opposed to an urgent need. I don't care about that. But the characters aren't just bland. They're condescending caricatures, a blue state vision of red state people, so that the accents are exaggerated to the point of absurdity. 
The absurdity makes for an occasional amusing moment, but such moments are at the expense of taking anything or anyone seriously. And that's that's basically, I read that and I was like, holy shit. That's, right. that's almost exactly how I feel. The chemistry between the A-list characters is like devoid because he's trying too hard to make some weird early Coen Brothers film like Raising Arizona right. with a heist in the middle of it. But yet the guy doing the heist is like... Lex Luthor. Like, he is super genius. Right. And not just nefarious or well, twisted. And, and but especially, so, as the movie goes on, and then once you get to the very end, when you're at the very end of the movie, right? and, you know, um, I'm thinking that this can't exactly spoil anything, right. really. Right. But when you get to the end of the movie, he's just like, you know, he's the genius of all geniuses. Right. right? He's, he's the guy he's that should be everything. curing cancer. And he's he's almost like this is like the geekiest reference, you know, probably <laughs> to make of anything. But he's almost like somebody from the Foundation series right. of books, right? right. Where yeah. he's like, I'm going to move this over here, right? And this country's culture is going to collapse right. in 50 years, right? Because I did that. Like he can plot out. He can make moves. Right that will change, you know, the universe if he wanted to because yeah. he can plan that far and do everything. I don't know. It's just um it it gets so silly and the real problem with the movie is that it's kind of it's oddly kind of serious. Um, yeah. kind of like Coen Brothers movies, some of them anyway. Some of the Coen Brothers movies, right? They're really goofy. And if you weren't watching the movie and someone was just telling you what's happening and telling you about the characters, right. it would kind of sound like we're trying to branch out like Cannonball Run kind of movies. Like right. It's just exactly. full on screwball, right? Yeah. Except that they're serious. They are serious. And that's really the whole Coen Brothers like shtick, yeah. right? Is to take stuff that's totally goofy and stupid and then be serious about it and go, whoa. Right. That was heavy. That, that's right. weird. How'd yeah. you do that? Like, that's the whole reason they exist. Right. And you've got the same sort of thing here, except that it's really stupid. It's yeah. It's kind of like just stupid stuff. It's like he, whoever wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't know how to doesn't know how to work the Coen Brothers magic. Like, doesn't know right. how to cast that exact spell. He's right. got the ingredients, but he doesn't know how to put them together. Because if this movie had been a little more screwball and tried to be funny right. and done, like, goofy crap, and this is this is almost a movie like if Three's Company were trying to be serious. <laughs> right. Like, we have all of the screwball antics. Yeah. Except that we go, oh, but wait, we're very serious about right. what's happening. And if it would have just been Screwball, that. probably would have been a great movie. It probably yeah. would have been hilarious. And it would have had a good mix in order to not be just some dumb Screwball thing, thing like uh, yeah. like that <laughs> like that other movie that I can't remember. Um, <laughs> that one. Uh, you know, the their cops god i think it's channing tatum even, even oh god um, probably 21 know? jump street yeah yeah oh god yeah like when they yeah. did that and it was just the screwball right except that it was too stupid it wasn't funny right if but if this movie would have been aiming at something that like what that movie was aiming at would have probably been awesome right because we <laughs> we'd have had better stuff happening but this movie's trying to be serious and then all of a sudden it's it becomes 
almost like when a TV show or a movie has goes wrong with people hacking stuff is like the big thing that happens a lot, right? Yeah. If you're watching the right movie and somebody tries to hack something, you don't care if they could really do that. And right. it doesn't really matter. And you just go, uh, all right, fine. But if they do it in the in the <laughs> wrong way and it's in the wrong movie, then they'd say, um, well, we hacked it. And then right. you go, there's no such thing as that. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. Like, uh, you know, you can't hack somebody's bicycle just because you say that you did or, you know, whatever it <laughs> right. is. Like, yeah. they do stuff in this movie like that all the time. If he was, if this guy was a team of, like, the 20, like, a think tank of planning this right. out, of, like, the 20 smartest people who has ever existed, he right. couldn't have planned out this right. thing and done what right. he did. There's just no way. And they try to they try to kind of sell it in this like kind of hijinksy way. Yeah. Except that there's so much going on that no one could have ever planned for all of this stuff to happen. And right. Even if you did, right. right? Even if you had who at whatever supervillain could have right. planned could have planned a heist like this, at the end of the day they'd have said, Well, here's the plan. But don't expect it to work because right. it's got like 800 different things that could go wrong. Right. If somebody working a cash register at a NASCAR event with like 50,000 people sneezes at the wrong time, the whole plan's out there. Oh, way. yeah, right. I mean, right. Like, yeah. like everything would collapse. Well, that's when we walked out. I went, that guy's omnipotent. Like right. he can see everything <laughs> right. forward, backward. Now, like he's just, it's too much for him. Even even the joke of the Oceans films or even like a Thomas Crown affair, like he was smarter than those chasing him and they pushed it to be like too smart, right. but I still kind of got it. Like, okay, right. if everything goes right and surely it must, then all right, I, I can believe that. Right. But this, this one this had one so just, many stages. It was and too preposterous. Involves, uh, we have to get. We have to get Daniel Craig out of jail. Right. And so we have this plan for getting right. him out of jail. And that has like 47 steps in it. And everything, you know, could go wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, quite frankly, at the beginning, it's really funny because you're not absolutely guaranteed that the judge is going to uh, send the guy right. to jail at all. Right. For, and if he <laughs> like isn't, what's what he, go, he, did. he Like throws a punch at him or like what's, I mean, he gets in there somehow. <laughs> right. right. And then it's like, I know exactly how that's going to happen. I know exactly where he's going right. to go. I know that this is well, blah, this blah, is... blah. And it's just, it's like 57, you know, steps of right. like, we were saying outside, like a Rube Goldberg machine right. that has, uh, that lasts for an entire hour. <laughs> yeah. It goes and yeah. goes and goes. And you just set it all up and never even experiment or try with right. it you just like look at this stuff <laughs> that'll and work put it in a goat that'll all work <laughs> that'll be perfect <laughs> i kind of liked i kind of liked the characters i don't like the story they're in i did too but yeah. i liked every single version of them to the extent even from the beginning where you i mean you groaned like 3 minutes in you're like uh oh like i don't even know cuz there's a I, div I understand what the scene is. The, this dad is trying to show the audience that he loves and likes loves to spend time with his daughter. Right. And he's teaching her things, but he's 
taking apart a car and doing something oh, weird. Right, right, right. And you're just like, I don't know what he just did, right. but it's impossible. Yeah, to, right. Because like, he, he's asking for like chainsaw. Yeah, he's, you know, he's working on a car. Torch. He's got his daughter there to hand him tools, which is like so cliche. Sure. And, it, you know, everything yep. that happens in the movie. It's is, all shucks sweet. fairly cliche yeah. or whatever. And it's yeah. all... You know, if you'd have just bought her a puppy or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. But they're yeah. uh, working on the car and he's like, okay, hand me this. And then, right. he, and then he goes into the spot on the car. Okay, hand me this. Okay, hand me this. And then he's like working on the same part. I'm like, whatever. He's, he's taking something <laughs> off of his car that is apparently locked down with eight different right. <laughs> yeah. tools it's, that it's you need. Screwdriver, to- <laughs> needle nose pliers, <laughs> right. hammer it. I mean, and it's just... But, you know, okay, from the beginning there. It, and it's strange. The only... The only stuff that makes the characters endearing outside of the moments they're called upon to be eccentric is kind of those moments when he's got his daughter. Like she's a she's an absolute effective tool to be a human validator for him, but he's not robotic or a monster, so it's unnecessary. It's just a nice thing to see. Right. But I was waiting for in some strange way because I was that bored. The uh, it's what is it? The old guys, the Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. the film we just saw? Right. It's funny. I can't remember the name. Remember that one? And <laughs> there's a kid in it in the end that kind of helps everybody get away with the heist. Right. The little, I was the actually thinking, doesn't I kept thinking them, yeah. on and on. I'm like, this little kid is going to be the thing that gets them all out, you right. know, and, and Daniel Craig's going to sneer at her. And then when she lets him off, Scott free, he's going to be like happy snarl. I'll go back to prison right. with what I told you afterwards had to be the most congenial prison of felons I've ever right. seen because they all are willing to help everybody. One of those right. guys would have dropped dime on someone else for an extra piece of bacon. And nobody's like, nothing major. out of it. Either. Right. You get out of jail, maybe you get an envelope with some cash, and maybe you don't because yeah, maybe I forget about you. None you know? of the other people do. Nobody, right. So, I mean, everyone's kind of like, that prison made me think of a musical Right. Where at any moment they would all dance in synchronicity to each other, <laughs> they'd all sing, and then they'd stop and playfully fight, and then they'd keep singing. Yeah. Like, I just, it's so weird because I love Soderbergh's stuff so much. Like, a lot, I think Out of Sight is one of the most underrated films of all time. I, I love that movie so much, and he was so great at it. And then you you see him do any number of these films. He's mostly known for the Oceans films. And I was kind of bummed that he said he was retiring. So yeah. when he came back, I was like, all right, I'm in. And I'll be damned if the preview didn't pick my interest a little bit, partially because Daniel Craig looks like Jared Leto doing the Joker in the backseat. Right. He's just like weirdly excited and tattooed and howling and... And it was just disappointing from about 15 minutes in on, yeah. you know, and I couldn't, though there were scenes that were frustrating because it kind of started to engage me a little bit. And then there would just be this weird thing where I'm like, you're doing something for a comedic reason, but it's not good. When, when Daniel Craig says that, that dumb line that I think is in the trailer where he's trying to like sound out, I'm incarcerated yeah, yeah. with the heavy Southern drawl. I don't laugh at that. When he's explaining the chemical solution to the bomb he's making right. in chalk, I think that's fucking hilarious. That, that was that was brilliant. Like I thought that was so fun and funny. And that moment of like 10 minutes around that are so great. I, 
even just and Daniel Craig, it, even it, when he accidentally was, takes care of Adam Driver's hand, and then when he hands right. off the thing, he walks away. I was watching him, and he's kind of like, yeah, "That's your problem, right?" Like, I mean, <laughs> he's just on, and it's unfortunate that it's spent in a thing that is so cliched and trope made. It was, it, it was really it, weird. It seems like you know, you were saying it sounds better on the napkin or whatever. This, this is a movie that seems like what happened is we had the idea for that scene. Where he starts explaining it in chalk. Yeah. Somebody at some point was talking to this blunt. fictional, fictional yeah. blunt woman. I'm like, <laughs> fictional blunt woman. I'm trying to figure out she's who real, I Mark. Say. She's real. She might be. That's fine. No, anyway, she's not real. Um, but somebody was talking to somebody and said something about, you know, somebody knows somebody who's a chemist. Yeah, right. And said, You're eating gummy bears? Like yeah. somebody happened to be eating gummy bears or whatever, and somebody right. said, "You know, you know what? Blah blah blah. You get some you other things, and blah right. blah blah, and just uh, I could walk around your house for five minutes and right. make a bomb right. with this and this and this." And someone went, "Shut up!" Right. And then someone went and did it. And Show it blew me. up, yeah. and they went making a movie. Yep. Like, and I seriously said, hope they, they do. Said, I won't I, even. They said, I won't I'm even make it. that work. Yep. I'm going to stick that in, and then. It's going to be hilarious because right. I'm going to have this redneck semen, <laughs> yep. you know, moronic person yeah. writing big, you yeah, know, fancy words, explaining yeah. the whole thing and writing out chemical symbols yeah. and the whole thing. And it's going to be, and then we had to make a movie. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Out of that. And then we went, that's great. And then we went, uh, how can we make this, you know, craziness yeah. and put a bunch of really screwy characters and it's like, these, uh, you know, dumb jocks, yeah. you know, the guy who used to play football and then he got injured and so now he yeah. gets fired from his construction job because he has a limp and all yep. this stuff. And we'll make it into a movie. But it was it just the movie <laughs> so feels like it was built from that scene outward. I got to tell you, I, I agree too because I think that's a great – and I can see, strangely, looking at the whole movie now going like they actually work to get that scene the right. most. Like right. I, they, I they agree. They built the whole movie so that that could happen. It's rare that this happens to the extent that it happened. It was almost um, – yeah, it was almost offensive – I think the movie lost three stars solidly and maybe four for including Seth MacFarlane and Hilary Swank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost single-handedly, they put this film at the best it could do at seven or six. Right. Like, they are so horrible, distracting, annoying, unnecessary, patronizing, and pandering. Like, that's... I don't, I don't get that decision right at all except maybe that, you're friends that, with them and you're trying to do yeah, like a robert altman film that and you're was, like let's get everybody in that, the movie exactly that Is was rich Seth, little around mcfarland being in the movie felt like nothing more than they were talking at some point yeah and seth mcfarland said i want you to like beat me up in a movie <laughs> but then right. i want to win the fight right right a and channing tatum goes I, okay but no one's gonna see you hit me Right, you're not. <laughs> right, we're I not can't allowed to show anything right. where you actually are shown hitting me. You have to have like a couple more guys right. if you're going to win the fight. Right, and he's like, okay, but I want you to like punch me in a movie. And right, like okay, okay, right, we'll yeah. make it happen. And then this movie came up, and they went, yeah. oh, let's remember stick that this thing. And, yeah, well, it would be bad enough if they were only in one disposable scene. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's in a and sizable you know, scene, and then he comes back later. Too. Yeah, me too. I thought that. We were going to see. I thought that scene at the beginning. I thought what we might have 
is because we've got the other race car driver and they're in, they're all in the movie unnecessarily. Yeah. The race car driver too, right? Doesn't doesn't need to be in the movie at all, right? Um, but what I thought was going to happen is we have this whole race car driver part, and Seth MacFarlane plays the money, like right. the CEO of the company that's endorsing him or whatever. I thought maybe we would just kind of see him. Right, you know, right. He, he would be there, that, and then yeah. you'd go, "Oh, it's him," right. or whatever. Yeah. But no, they keep going. They make I even it more and more. The way that it seemed to be bringing out, you know, cameo after cameo. Well, not even cameo, like small role for big stars. I half expected to see somebody from the Ocean's film. Yeah, you know, just popping in. Maybe it'd be Don Cheadle. Maybe it'd be Clooney. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but none of it works right. except in these very weird, sparse moments. And you know what's really Almost, I mean, we don't have to say too much more about this, I guess, but it's almost as confusing how this happened under his watch as it is the critical fawning that's going on. Like, I have to think this is just love for Soderbergh and having him back, if he's going to stay back. The reviews are astronomically positive. Yeah. And I don't. I don't get and people and I swear to God and, and if there's, Eddie there's, Murphy directed this movie even funny about it and every review that you read yep. mentions it being funny. it being hilarious if if Eddie Murphy directed this movie there's no way they'd review it the same way right I think this is just Soderbergh art house like forgiveness yeah I don't know because it's I mean it's not a steaming piece of crap but it is not at all what I saw the reviews saying no, it's just it's not it's not good it doesn't pull you in. And it just doesn't have one way or the other. If, right. If it were actually more serious, it'd yep. be better. If it were actually less serious, it would be a lot better. Yeah, I agree. If it were a little more screwball. Yeah. And then, you know, built into how this is just like, you know, we said the world's uh, greatest genius. Right. That all would be bad enough, right? Except that with two things, like we get to the end and it just doubles down. Everything yeah, becomes right. even yeah. more. Yeah. And right. like not a little bit more, but like <laughs> twice as much. Lots, right? lots, lots more, yeah. And so much of what <laughs> happens, uh, a bizarre amount of what has to happen. Uh, so Daniel Craig has these two brothers oh, who yeah. have to be involved right. who are really idiots, mm-hmm. right? They, are re- they really are. <laughs> yeah, they're the. You watch them for a few minutes and you're like, they dress themselves right. like how do they function right. do they eat yeah. like they are really idiots right and and then you as you watch the movie so much of what happens is actually dependent on them doing things right and then we even get like the gag you know jokey part of mixing the stuff in the jars Yo, yeah which is actually not a bad scene right Except when you put it into the context of having to rely on them <laughs> These two, yeah. for several parts of the key moments right. in this plan actually coming together. Yeah. And you're like, whatever. Right. That is a great scene, actually. I thought that was a really good scene. <coughs> it's simple and it's, you know, kind of obvious, but they do it really well. But like I said, in a cannonball run does, movie, right, then right. It, then that's a great scene. Right. In this movie, you're just like, oh, wait, you're just highlighting Hut. how idiotic these two are. And, yeah. and you're trying to pull and off you're the them in charge ever, yeah. and right. they're in charge of stuff. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I guess All right. You, you so know. I would say uh, don't go see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. I, I feel like you might be better off with the Hitman's Bodyguard, actually. Um, because Do you see that? 
No. Yeah. Uh, that at least looks like it looks like that's just smarter at, at fun. At the very least, they're going to play off each other right. and be a lot of fun. Right. So yeah. Anyway, all right, we gotta uh, get out of here. Right. Uh, thanks for you know spending time <laughs> with us. Next week, uh, I don't think there's actually a big release. I don't either. I, I don't think there's a real big release, but we will uh, catch up on stuff, or yep. we'll we'll get you. We'll figure it out next week, and then week after that, I feel like is maybe first it. week in September. Or maybe a week. Uh, that uh, maybe that is it. it. Maybe that is sure. it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we'll be here next week, right. and we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do we'll something. Have, we'll have some movie for you. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, please, please share us on share with your friends. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes, and otherwise, trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.